It's been a World Cup full of surprises with stories of overachievement and tales of underachievement. Belgium and Germany going home, Morocco and Japan going through and as group winners. An Australian team that was completely written off made it to the last 16 while dismal Denmark went out. The knockout phase begins this weekend and we're guaranteed to get more drama. I'm Kevin Hatchard and this is World Cup Only Better. No dramas when it comes to finding the best tipsters. Mark O'Hare is just about getting over that Danish demise. He joins us once again. Mark, we're going to start with the clash between the Group A winners, the Netherlands, and the plucky up-and-atom USA. Uh, the Dutch are evens here. That price seems fine to me, but I know you think that Louis van Gaal's team might find it a bit more difficult. Yeah, I, I don't think it's a, a gimme by any sense um, because I've not been hugely impressed by by the Dutch so far, and the Nether uh, and the the US have played above my own expectations. I just think the style of of the US um, is a, is an awkward proposition for any team, as we've seen England particularly, um, and I think England will probably be rated higher than the Dutch by most people too. So, um, yeah, I mean Holland came into the competition as as the as the form team in Europe, um, still unbeaten under Van Gaal and. I'm playing some good football during qualification in the Nations League, but you know I know it's only a three-game sample, but I thought they've looked pretty ordinary in attack, and I think they've looked shaky defensively, and I've not been impressed by the midfield either, which doesn't seem to be functioning too well, to be honest. Uh, Frankie De Jong's the obvious star there, but I think the US can get at him, uh, and then outside of that, you're looking to Cooper Myers or even Darun, who started the last game. It's it's not the most inspiring of midfields, and and even out wide, um, Denzel Dumfries. Hasn't been his normal sort of bubbly self, I'd say. Uh, Depay going forward hasn't been fit. Um, played that hour against Qatar. Whether that'll be enough to to get him sharpened up for this, I'm not sure. And, and Cody Gakpo has been the, the saving grace, really. But he's been sort of converting chances at an unsustainable rate as well. So there are doubts for me about the Dutch. They're only averaging five shots in the box so far in this competition. Um, if you look at their underlying metrics, again, just a three-game sample, but they're they're pretty much in line with the likes of Wales, Saudi Arabia and Poland, who have offered next to nothing so far in this World Cup. So, yeah, I mean, there's a lot for the Dutch to try and find here, I think. And I don't think the US need to play, you know, anywhere near above what we've already seen from them to, to be awkward opponents in this match. Um, I've been impressed with Greg Bohalter and, and his uh, game plans, um, stifled England, you know, changing system. Um, and we've talked about that midfield since the very start of the competition, the huge energy and ability they have there, that is their big area of strength as well as fullback. And, you know, if that's their area of strength, you'd say it's, it's not the Dutch's weakness, but it's certainly not a strong point. So um, just those key battlegrounds, I think, the Americans can possibly have a, a decent say in things. And I know the opposition hasn't been, you know, super strong, but, you know, bar that second half against Wales, you'd possibly say the US have been the better team in all three games so far. So, um, sure, they, they lack something in forward areas uh, in terms of a, a striker who's going to put the ball in the back of the net. That is obviously going to be an issue. But I think in, in knockout matches, um, if you've got a strong foundations, um, you've got an opportunity to, to do something here. So we expect Christian Pulisic to be OK, to be fit and available. Um, I think defensively, they've been absolutely fine so far. So, yeah, I wouldn't be too surprised if they can push the Dutch all the way in this match. And um, 
I was looking towards the, the draw actually, and, and the draw under two and a half goals just to squeeze out a bit more from the price, basically back in the nil nil and the one one. Uh, that's three to one on the exchange, which does appeal to me. Um, obviously, knockout football, the goals per game rate tends to decrease quite dramatically. Uh, and when you get a, a low goal expectancy, as we have here, the draw does come into play. Um, since 1990, 34% of all knockout ties in the World Cup have been drawn. In the last 16, it's actually 38%, which is uh, a massive hike on what you'd see on a standard sort of uh, domestic league. So uh, I do think it's got um, an opportunity here. If you blindly back the draw in all knockout games, across whether it's the Euros, World Cup, Copa America, you would be in clover. I think you're returning about a 29% ROI uh, across all competitions. Um, so you know, it's not just a blind bet. I do think the Americans have an opportunity here to push the Dutch all the way. And I wouldn't be too surprised if it's quite a low scoring tie, as the market suggests. The punting professor, Jason Murphy's back in the lineup. Jason, what have you made of both of these teams so far? I agree with a lot of what Marcus said there. I think the US have been very, very impressive. One of the teams that, you know, if you have an expectation of all 32 teams coming in and USA in terms of my expectations, they're definitely the ones that surpassed it right up there, right up there. Uh, very impressive against England, as Mark says, tactically switched it and it worked brilliantly. Absolutely fantastic. And England are rated a little bit better than the Netherlands, absolutely. But like, if you can put in that kind of performance against England in a game that really matters, um, I'd have concerns over the Netherlands, and I think the price is too short there. In the games where USA were were favourites uh, against Iran, they were excellent. Allowed Iran no shots in the first half, went to goal ahead, and obviously Iran, you know, thrown the kitchen sink at it near the end and had a couple of chances, which is going to happen. That's football. And against Wales, they were brilliant first half. Maybe they're in a bit of gas themselves the second half, but Wales had to change it at halftime and, and had to make sure that second half played out differently. But thought USA in their three games have been really, really impressive. Uh, one interesting switch for the last game against Iran was Cameron Carter-Vickers coming in instead of Walker-Zimmerman. And that's because USA were going to be on the front foot against Iran. They needed a bit more mobility in the back line as a result as is, because they weren't going to be as tight, as compact. They were going to be the team doing the, you know, in possession Against the Netherlands, it'll be interesting to see what which of those two start because that'll give you an indication of how USA are going to approach the game and what they think will happen. Um, so just something to keep an eye on there from that. But there's a lot of sports books in America, obviously, after opening up because of how the landscape has changed over there in terms of betting. A lot of sports books would have been offering like 150 to 1, 200 to 1 on USA to actually win this World Cup. And I fancy them to actually qualify here against the Dutch. And I, I fancy a few squeaky bums looking at the liabilities that could be, you know, gathering over there on the far side of the Atlantic. Uh, on the Dutch side, look, Louis van Hals had an incredible career. It's, if you actually look at it, it's it's like to win the Champions League in 95, 15 years later, like it's only a Jose Mourinho Inter that stops him winning it again and actually completing the treble. Brought his country to third place in the World Cup, lost on a penalty shootout to Argentina. So he might be looking at the draw and thinking quarterfinals against Argentina, it's going to be payback. But for me, like I've said, I fancy the USA at the prices. It's the first game of the last 16. So if you're doing a last 16 ACA, interesting one there, Mark, like you, you, you could do maybe back all the eight draws. It'd be an incredible thing, be a massive price. But whatever your ACA might be, I think putting USA to qualify at 15K, I think is is a good price. There's value in adding that into your ACAs. And if you wanted a little squeak, USA to reach the, uh, reach the semifinals, I should say, about eight to one, because if they did come through and meet Argentina, the way they set up against England, means that they'll have more than a punter's chance against Argentina as well. So be very positive USA for this game. And because it's the first game up, I think you can still have a look at some of the outright markets and have a look maybe at them to reach the semi-final or USA to qualify out of this game. 
And World Cup betting's answer to Rachel Riley. Maths with Mark <laughs> Stinchcomb is in the starting side. Uh, Stinch, I feel like I'm losing my mind here because you've got Jason talking about the US reaching the semis. You've got Mark talking about the US having, you know, a cha- real chance of, of taking the Dutch all the way. Is it only me that thinks they're really ordinary? Yeah, they've got... Like, I, I, I totally understand they played well against England. But I thought they they played like puppies against Wales, like running around like maniacs in the first half, completely gassed themselves out. I, I don't get it at all. I, am I the am I the only one? Are you on the US hype train as well? I think, if possible, I would want to lay both of these teams. Um, <laughs> I mean, I'd... Zimmerman, man alive uh, at centre back. I'm not I'm not having him at all, and especially against if. If Memphis starts, he's getting there. He's not there yet, but he's getting there. I'm, I'm just not sure. Yeah, I, I, without being too harsh on USA, they, I think they are a bit of a glorified MLS team. You know, Tim Ream, centre back, hasn't hadn't hadn't. I think he had one cap in qualifying, and his last appearance was that one cap, which was September 21. Zimmerman obviously plays for Nashville in the MLS. Uh, the midfield, obviously, a lot of good young players there that play for decent teams. Um, but then you're relying on Josh Sargent to score your goals, which is not something you want to rely on. So I don't want to criticise the USA too much because definitely in this matchup, I feel like Netherlands are the one that should be criticised more at the prices, as the lads have kind of alluded to. Um, but I wouldn't be as strong on, on the US uh, as maybe as maybe Jason, I would be slightly concerned about Pulisic. It's I don't think he's 100% confirmed he will play, so maybe worth just double checking that. I was watching the US press conference yesterday, and they wanted to talk more about his uh, his downstairs department than whether he's actually going to play in the in the match. So it was a little bit difficult to to read to to read through the lines. But as far as I understand, he's day to day at the moment. But you, you'd imagine they'd somehow try and get him strapped up and on the pitch. Um, so yeah, I think I would rather obviously be with USA at the prices, but um, you can understand ultimately why Holland are, are odds on favourites, despite not impressing. I mean, Holland averaged just eight shots per game against Qatar, Ecuador and Senegal. USA very similar uh, with just nine shots per game. And, but defensively, USA have been very good. They've conceded just the fourth most with only six per game, which is very impressive considering obviously had England in, in their group. So I think, yeah, I think it will be another a cagey game with both teams struggling in attack, essentially. I mean, you only have to look at both sides' results. Holland have won 2-0 twice and drawn 1-1. USA was 1-1, 0-0 and, uh, and 1-0. So no surprise really that unders is, is shorter than four to seven. So I, I don't want to put people off, but I think it could be could be quite another dull uh, World Cup match to to kick off the the round of sixteen. Which look, it's it's not necessarily a bad thing. Um, it's why we get upsets. It's why we enjoy football. I mean, you only have to look at the. Uh, uh, what night? Thursday night's uh, drama to see. Obviously, at one point, uh, Japan and Costa Rica were both going through from that that group, which would would have been a massive price at the beginning. So, yeah, I think it's been uh, it's been refreshing. It's been very kind to the bookmakers, uh, which is nice. Um, so, uh, looking at the the gaming this gaming question uh, to try and find some value, I decided to go down the corner angle again. So, I thought the the US corner line was quite uh, low or, or attackable, shall we say? The line set at three point five. I think unless you've got an absolute no hope outsider, then uh, 
then I don't think the line should really be as, as low as 3.5. Uh, the US managed seven corners against England, six v Wales, five v Iran. And the Dutch conceded 6v Senegal and 5v Ecuador. So I don't think US getting four corners is is uh, is a difficult task as, as maybe as maybe as it's being sort of priced up as. It's 8 to 11 over 3.5 US corners. Um, at some point they will attack, you'd imagine. Um, they may well go into this game and just defend, but I don't think we've seen that from from them so far so yeah over three and a half us corners at eight to 11 was the best bet i could find in in a game that yeah i think will be tight and cagey and yeah no problem kicking off the the draw acker with a with a draw here i don't think and here's me in the corner on my own with my little dutch flag waving away what um, i would say kev is just um i know it's not exactly a an exact fit in terms of ecuador versus netherlands to the us versus the netherlands but look how ecuador stifled the dutch they had two shots yeah. in the whole game one of them was gakpo's goal after what five minutes or so so that's what i was kind of coming from in terms of how the americans might be able to give them a bit of a match but you're absolutely right if the dutch come with their a game that they should win this game with room to spare but it's whether they can bring it or not yeah, we shall see. Uh, it's worth bearing in mind, by the way, you can get a £5 free bet when you place a £5 bet builder on selected World Cup matches. T's and C's in the description. 18 plus. See gambleaware.org. Saturday night brings us a matchup between Argentina and Australia. The South Americans threw as group winners despite losing their opener to Saudi Arabia. Jason, have Argentina steadily improved throughout the group stage or are they still a concern for you? They're concerned because the Betfair Sportsbook, they're the biggest losing selection we have in the outright book here now at the moment. Um, but I've said this numerous times over the last few weeks. We won't mind paying a few quid if it means Messi gets his hands on the World Cup. Gladly, gladly pay it out. And they have improved. So it's it's been a learning curve from them. They made five changes for the game against Mexico. Made a further four changes for the game against Poland. And maybe it's starting to click for them. We said pre-tournament that the Celso was going to be a big miss if you read any of the reviews the link what he did joining that midfield in the attack and what he allowed Messi to do as a result of of doing stuff that Messi didn't have to drop so deep to do and you kind of saw that against Poland the positions that Messi could pick up so Enzo Fernandez Electric McAllister expect them to keep their starting positions now for this game against Australia and yeah Argentina like they're we've if you look back over previous World Cups like it's Spain open with a 7 nil actually this World Cup, but it doesn't necessarily mean they're going to win it at the end of it. Fingers crossed they do. But teams <laughs> that start slow can come into it. Like Spain in 2010 lost the first game against Switzerland. But, you know, you can learn and grow and develop as a as a team tactically and get to where you need to get to for the later stages. And maybe that's what we're seeing happening with Argentina. Um, as far as Australia are concerned, look, if the, I'm sure Australian fans, if they went out now, they'd be fine. They're like the scenes in Melbourne when they scored... Lecky's goal, incredible stuff. Like they've had an unbelievable journey. And, you know, the question is just how long can that journey last? And I mean, in minutes, like, can they get to half time is all they'll be thinking. Uh, Harry Suter, it's amazing. Like, as a centre back, it's, you'd absolutely love playing in, in a game where it's backs against the walls and you just have to be in and defend and defend and defend. Whereas I'm sure centre backs, they love their teams winning, they love winning four or five nil, but they kind of feel like, it's probably a bit soft. It's a bit easy. It's a bit boring. Like, absolutely, defenders love doing that. And football is a low-scoring sport. Upsets can happen. We've seen it with Saudi Arabia already. But to give you context, we're always trying to give context on, on you know, what are the chances of something happening. 
Kuna and Nicholas Otamendi are shorter prices to score first or score any time than any Australian player. <laughs> right. So yeah. that'll tell you, that's telling you what we expect to happen in this game. Now, I think it could, like, I know Kuna got a few shots off against Poland. That could be to do with the Polish right side. And we'll come to that with Mbappe um, in the next podcast. But Kuna, maybe have a look at him in the shots and shots on target market. I'd expect Argentina to score a couple. So I was kind of looking for each way of value in the goal scorer markets as well. But Messi's probably just a little bit short, but he is 5 2 at the moment on the Betfair Sportsbook, which is a pretty good price. Um, but the changes will happen. So if Argentina score a couple of goals early on, if you're backing an Alvarez, if you're backing a Martinez, they could be taken off after an hour. So there's no each way of value in the goal scorer bet neither. So I'd say maybe have a look at Acuna shots. And because of the side of the draw that they're on, I know we've talked up the USA a bit, but there is genuine actual value if you're getting Argentina 5-1 to one each way with the current industry terms of two places, half the odds. There is each way value just given the route that they have. Okay, so could be an incredible matchup semi-final. We won't jinx it by mentioning what it could be, but there is value still there 5-1 to one Argentina each way if you want to bet on that. He means Argentina, Brazil. Stinch. Um, I like the look of Julian Alvarez. I, I like him very much. Scored a great goal against Poland. I was looking at the goal scorer market, seeing as Jason mentions them. I, I know it's a tricky one, but I, I looked at him at odds against. And if he keeps his place, obviously always with goal scorer bets, you have to keep an eye on what the team news is going to be. But I thought at odds against, he looked okay. Yeah, I've got... a. Uh pro goal scorer bet as well so it seems we're all on the similar similar lines one thing I would say be very very wary about and it's a bit of a, a pet hate of mine it obviously is the five substitution rule absolutely horrible for for ruining bets and I would be very wary of of placing a a pro Argentina player bet the way Scaloni has selected and maintained his team through this tournament he started 18 different players so far he's made 14 substitutions of the available 15 and only three outfield players have played the full 90 minutes that's Messi Rodrigo de Paul and Otamendi so I'd be very very careful you know you look at the likes of Di Maria being hooked after 59 minutes against Mexico at only 1-0 and you, you in my mind you think of Di Maria as sort of his most go-to attacker after Messi essentially um and yeah, the way he's kind of rotated uh, Alvarez and, and uh, Latiro as well, um, I would be very, very wary. So I'm just keeping it quite straightforward. I thought uh, Messi uh, around about 1.9 on the exchange looked pretty good for a team that are 1-7 to to, to win. Um, he's got 93 goals in 168 caps. Uh, under Scaloni, the return is, is pretty decent, 28 goals in 40 caps. And he's getting off plenty of shots, as you'd imagine. His stats are pretty decent. He's averaging over four shots per game. Three of those are coming inside the penalty area. 2.7 are on target per match, so very, very healthy. And Australia have given up plenty as well. They conceded 17 shots per game. They conceded nearly five expected goals against France. So given the fact that Argentina 1-3 to to score two goals or 11-10 to to score three goals, if they were to register two or three goals, you'd imagine there's a high percentage chance that Messi would be one of those scorers. So yeah, I thought uh, Messi at 1.9 on the exchange was the way to go if you wanted to go for a pro-Argentina goal scorer bet. Mark, Australia have hugely overperformed. We didn't expect them to get remotely this far. Any chance at all or are they going to get smashed? 
Uh, I don't think they'll get smashed, but it's, it's hard to sort of justify um, anything about sort of being pro-Australia getting to the quarterfinals. Um, the fact that they're even at the World Cup is a, a minor miracle in itself, really, and the way in which they, they qualified with their reserve goalkeeper coming off the bench to save the penalties against Peru. Um, but yeah, I mean, you look at the team, very limited. We've talked about it, you know, throughout the competition, really, individually. You know, they're not up to much, but collectively they seem to have come together and, and found something that's that's worked. Um, sure, it's just a three-game sample and they've, they've ridden their luck in, in pretty much all of those matches, but... They're in the last 16 um, and they will be, you know, they're not going to go down easily. Um, very much, you know, listen to Graham Arnold. He's always talking about the same stuff, about working hard and being battling hard and, and being difficult to beat. The Aussie DNA, as he keeps sort of talking about. Um, but ultimately, this is going to be probably a, a, a test too far. I think going back to 20, 2006, um, this might be the biggest mismatch in terms of the betting prices for a knockout tie at the World Cup. Um I don't think we've had a bigger sort of outsider at this stage. Um, but uh, yeah, they've scored three goals from just seven shots on target so far. So they've been incredibly clinical. It's very difficult to sustain that um, over a large period of time. So um, the stuff I was looking towards is just a little bit short, really. Um, Argentina to win to nil. It's 1.7 on the exchange, a bit of a short price. And you know that bet's never won until the final whistle. So it's not the most enjoyable to cheer on. Um, but yeah, I, I don't expect Argentina to, to completely blitz them. Um, it's ne never really been their way under Scaloni. They've been much more about just the process and getting the job done and moving on to the next challenge. Uh, they scored 13 goals fewer than Brazil during qualification, which kind of goes to show the, the difference between the two teams. Um, but yeah, they have allowed just 0.25 expected goals across their three games so far. Three shots on target conceded, six shots from inside the box as well, which is you know, unbelievable numbers, really. And you compare it with Australia, they've only had 21 shots, they've conceded 50. They've had seven shots on target, conceded 14. They've had 12 shots in the box, conceded 39. Averaged 0.57 xG, conceding 1.93 per game. So, um, yeah, I mean, it looks like it's going to be a, a test too far for them. But um, yeah, I'd be happy to sort of back the, the Messi price as well, along with Stinch at uh, 1.9. Um, scored in two of his first three. Should have scored in the third as well with the missed penalty. Um, as he's already said, you know, he's playing the full 90. And Scaloni said after the game, um, he'll keep him on unless Messi asks to be taken off. So um, you're pretty much guaranteed a full 90. Just on well, that... Oh, just, go on, Jason. Yeah. Like, I think it's great bet Messi anytime goal score. Just how many penalties would he have to miss before you take him off penalties? <laughs> 20 in a row. Never. Never. <laughs> it's amazing. It's statistically, we can prove it's the one thing that Messi is below average when it comes to being a footballer. He's, he's penalty rate, success rate is about 77%. He's taken about over 130 penalties. Um, but yeah, you, you, you could never take him off. If you can't take him off the pitch, you can't take him off penalties either. Um, but it's just it's it's an incredible stat. I seen one tweet as well. Um, I can't credit because I can't remember who put it up. But Argentina, the last two times that they won the World Cup, they missed a penalty in the third group game. Um, <laughs> it'll be interesting to see what happens. But yeah, definitely, you'd have to leave Messi on penalties. Uh, we filed that under how many free kicks is Ronaldo going to wang into the wall before he gets <laughs> taken off free kicks? I think that's many millions, to be honest. He'll never give up that particular responsibility. Uh, this football season, by the way, get a helping hand with Betfair's popular bet builder. Easily add our most popular or fan favourite football selections to your bet slip in just one tap. T's and C's in the description, 18 plus. See gambleaware.org. That's all we have time for on this edition of World 
Cup only better. Please do remember to gamble responsibly. If you want the best tips and insight delivered straight to your inbox, you can sign up for our World Cup newsletter at betting.betfair.com. From Stinch, from Jason, from Mark and from me, it's goodbye for now.